1: And welcome to Group Text. What can I say about today's guest that hasn't already been bleeped out by Bravos censors? Margaret Josephs is a mother, a maker, and a magic mocktail shaker. She's the designer of the lifestyle accessory brands Macbeth and Candy Couture, as well as her fashion line Margaret Josephs, her non-alcoholic beverages. non-alcoholic, soiree hit the shelves in time for last month's dry January. Talk about good marketing. And both her podcast and her memoir explore Margaret's go get attitude towards life and business, and they even share the same title, which I love, Caviar Dreams, Tuna Fish Budget. Frickin' brilliant. Margaret is back for season 13 of Bravo's hit series, Real Housewives of New Jersey. New episodes every Tuesday at 9. Please welcome... Margaret Josephs. Oh, my God. Your intro is flipping exhausting. I know. I'm so sorry. I mean,
0: listen, but I'm an old lady, so I've lived a long life. So there's a lot to say, you know, you are so not
1: you are so not an old lady. But before we get started on season 13, you said you said something really interesting. And I I use the same phrase. Uh, You're not from the Lucky Sperm Club.
0: That's yes. I I grew up with a single mother, Hungarian immigrant, and so many people, you know, get the leg up because they're, you know, born to rich parents who didn't work hard, which great for them. But I think not unlike, me- you know, many people like yourself, like your mother, you know, who we've hustled to get where we are. We know what it's like to work very hard. So I feel like I'm very grateful for everything I've had. I've been up, I've been down, but I made it happen all on my own. I, you know, I was cleaning houses with my grandmother when I was a little girl. I would go to work with her; she was my babysitter. I mean, I didn't want to scrub the toilets. I'm not going to lie; they didn't make me do that, but I I did everything else with her. And you did not, and you've been open about it.
1: Have the easiest childhood. Your mother had issues with alcohol. Yes. Um, very difficult dealing with that growing up.
0: Yeah, you know, I didn't realize um how traumatizing it was of course till I got into therapy everybody thinks you know your childhood's normal because you have nothing else to compare it to right I knew I didn't like her drinking it made me feel out of control like you know you're with your mother at a party she's the hot single mother you know she's cocktailing it up like you know falling all over the dance floor and things like that and and I knew I felt nervous I didn't know why of course until I got older but I knew I was like I'm never going to act like that or feel like that so and that you, is, of course, one of the reasons I don't drink. Well, I was going to say, you went
1: the other direction. Totally uh, the other direction. Uh, I, I'm not a big drinker. I never have been a big drinker. I, I do drink, but I've just never yes. been. That. Um, and it's always hard to answer the question, you don't drink. Why? I know. And I get that all the time out here. And and especially out in L.A., everyone assumes it's because you're sober. Yes, I know
0: isn't isn't that i don't know why it's so stigmatized not to drink why do we make an excuse not why we don't drink i think there should be an excuse like why do you drink what are you trying to cover what are you trying to hide what paint because the truth is it's great to drink i like you know my husband drinks he loves to have a cocktail all the time but when you drink to an excess It's not healthy, and people do drink to excess for multitude of reasons. I'm not saying everybody has an issue, but it it is. I think people are choosing not to drink. I think people are masking things when they have alcohol issues. I mean, it is a proven fact people are self medicating for different reasons. Um, But I always felt like I was part of the party. I could be the life of the party without a drink. I don't want to change the way I feel to enjoy myself. I don't need the liquid courage. I think you, you know, you and I are very similar that way. We can feel ourselves without needing something to enjoy ourselves. I find myself a lot when people ask me, I
1: have to say no. And then I have to follow it up with, and you you just spoke to this. No, I'm not in the program. Yes. I, I feel like that shouldn't be the first thing that comes out of my mouth that I'm defending that I can drink, but I don't.
0: I know that's what what I do. I go, no, I, I would be honest with my, if I had substance issues. That's what I always say. Or like, oh, my mother drank. And, you know, then I back it up with, I get a lot of migraines. And I don't know why we have to make these excuses. And I think, I've gotten better. I'm just like, no, I choose not to drink. And I'm like, I don't need to drink to feel good. And that's why I did just create a mocktail line called Soiree. So I feel like I could be part of the party. I'm drinking it right now because Soiree means a party and everyone should feel included. I'm sick of drinking iced tea and diet soda. It's not that interesting. So I came up with it with Lexi, who's I say she's the cocktail queen I'm the mocktail queen. And it's elevated flavors. I'm drinking the margarita. It's passion fruit, rose, and guava. We have a cucumber one that's cucumber, lychee, mint, and elderflower. But it's 45 calories. It's all natural. A baby could drink it. It's sweetened with cane sugar, but it's only nine grams of sugar, lightly sparkling. It has no mind-mellowing alternatives because people who do have substance issues don't need that either. So anybody could drink it and you could sip it or spike it. And I think it was important for me to like, I want everybody to feel included and not to have to make excuses. And it's a lot of fun. And I was like, this really speaks to me. So I needed to come out with something for people like us. Yeah, You just
1: (laughs) made me thirsty and I'm not going to lie. I might at one point put a little splash of something in mine. No, Um, yeah, you could totally spike it. Exactly. Um, you, You meant, we just started talking about your childhood and you know, when did you become aware of the existence of privilege?
0: Um, I I quit on very early. I did. I quit on very early. I think my mother. Um, showed me very early also, because my mother obviously grew up without any money either um, either. And it was very important for her that I that I dressed a certain way. Even though we didn't have a lot of money, she made sure I dressed a certain way. It was a certain thing to have a certain image. So she would spend her last dollar on a lipstick. So we always looked the part. But I knew, you know, I knew she worked very hard. She was a single mother. We didn't live uh, in a nicer house till I got older. We lived in a one bedroom apartment. Um. But I, I picked up on it very quickly that other people had things. They had the big house with the pool. They they had different things. I never felt I went without, But but I caught on very quickly. It was important to elevate yourself. My mother made that very well known to me uh, at a young age. My mother was always looking to work harder to achieve success. And I knew that, you know, I picked up on it quick. I'm talking so, like by the age of seven. <laughs> right. And did you
1: look around and go, I want this?
0: I looked around and just said, you know, I'm going to work hard to have this. I watched my mother work hard. And I just knew that if you worked hard, you can have whatever you want. And I think my mother, that's what she instilled in me, you know, especially coming from immigrant parents and her being an immigrant herself, that she just worked hard to achieve and get more and, and hustle and have the hustle mentality. And I knew even where I grew up in Maypac, New York, which was a lovely town on a lake, but I was like, get me the hell out of here.
1: You know, it's interesting you bring up the whole immigrant mentality because my father was an immigrant and my mother was first generation. Both of her parents are immigrants. And I I do find that there's a different mindset. And there's tons of people that work hard and people who change their circumstances radically. But I feel like with the immigrant mentality, it's much more, um, it almost feels... More ingrained, not a choice. You know, oh. somewhere saying, looking around, a, you know, a trailer going, "I'm going to work my ass off and get out of here." I find with the immigrant mentality, it's much more ingrained. There is no choice. This is what you do.
0: Yes, yeah, there was just that's exactly what it was. It was just my mother had come here as, you know, a 10 year old little girl and she worked very hard. And even though she was a single mother, she worked like an animal so I could have better. And then she was just like, there's no way you're not going to college and you're going to work like a maniac. You're not going to depend on some guy for my everybody was, you know, even I worked all my way through high school. My grandparents were like, well, where's your job? What are you doing? You, You know, you have to work hard. You have to save your money. I I absolutely agree with you. It was there's just no choice but to do better. And every generation should do better. That's what you do for your family coming from immigrant parents. And I I agree with you. And yet now you sit
1: here (laughs) part of a franchise that is all about women living these spectacular lives. And you joined in 27
0: New Jersey in 2017 for its eighth season. It's true. It's true. But I, I came on as a different type of housewife. I happened to come on the year I had a horrible lawsuit and I'd taken a very bad hit and not sitting at the top of my game like I was a few years prior to that. But I also came on as a different type of woman who was um, successful in her own right, who wasn't just uh, being supported only by her husband. Listen, I was not a stay at home mom and had made it on her own. So I think I did change New Jersey a little way to show a different type of housewife of New Jersey. How did they find you? They, uh, I always say this in season six. Um, when I had met your mom and I actually shared a party for myself and Amy Rosenblum at her magnificent home, uh, we, I was going to get my own show, which did not come to fruition called Pigtails and Power Tools. Uh, the housewives had come to me that year and I couldn't do it because I was snotty and I was like, I'm getting my own thing. And it didn't happen. Timing wasn't great. So by the time season eight rolled around, they were looking for the next housewife. I just moved into this big old house that I have. My bank account, believe it or not, was frozen from business. I had a horrible lawsuit and I said to Joe, I think timing's right. It happened very quickly within a few weeks. They had known me already and I just got on the show. How did they find you in the first place? I think because I did a lot of lifestyle expert stuff. I was always on new news channels, Margaret's picks for the holidays, uh, all things like that. How to throw a party on a budget. I was always doing that. I always had a product line. Obviously, I was a little kooky. I had the pigtails, which is that story where your mother said to me, don't ever, um, when I had went to Joan's house and she was so sweet and lovely and so humble, she pulled me aside and said, listen, she goes, you're different. Don't ever change who you are. Don't take out those pigtails no matter what anybody says. And you know that was a very big sound piece of advice because even my own network, nothing against NBC, Today Show didn't want to put me on. I wasn't middle America enough. And I said, you're right, I, you know, I'm not going to take out the pigtails. I'm not going to be different. She goes, you're different. And I that always stuck with me. And, I, and I, I think about that often that I haven't changed the core of who I am. And it and it really made a difference.
1: Um, you I always I, I feel like I'm so repetitive when I ask this, but you did come in later in New Jersey in the franchise. Is it what you it? how prepared it all for you? I and mean, you already had television experience for what the experience of a reality show was going to be like, because it's people don't get how much work it is. No,
0: I Melissa, I was not prepared at all. I thought for sure it was scripted. It was not scripted at all. <laughs> I was like, there's no way these grown women argue like this. Uh, and I was not prepared. My first foray it was we were going to, we're going to Boca on a cast trip. I'm thrown into it. And I called my house and I was like, these women are fighting over a cake. And I was just in shock how authentic and real it was. And it was a little culture shock. Truthfully, I was I was in shock, but I I feel like I just fit right in. I was opinionated Uh, at the time. Melissa, Teresa, they embraced me. There was a woman who I did not get along with. I I nicknamed her Soggy Flicker because I couldn't. (laughs) She was crying incessantly. So it, it just it worked out. I I learned the ropes very quickly, but I, it was a little bit of a culture shock for sure.
1: You know, everyone is cast on those shows to fill. And I'm saying this with air quotes, a role. Yes. Because every there's certain personalities and everybody fits into one of the box or one of the silos, one of yes. the boxes. Where do you think they thought you were going to be? Versus how
0: y- you are, I think I fit into probably where they thought I was going to be—a different type of a Jersey housewife. I was not the stay-at-home mom with little children. I was the second wife who left her husband um, and a businesswoman, and I and someone who was very upfront and honest about their life without any shame. I was—I wasn't your traditional woman with. The norms. And that's exactly true, who I am. I, and that's, and I've evolved into even a stronger person and a, a truth teller. And I think they're probably happy the way it seems. Well, they keep that's bringing who I, you that's back. Who I so. am. Yeah, they keep bringing you back. So clearly they're happy. They keep bringing me back. I wasn't the traditional Jersey housewife. And I think they had to show a facet of a different type of New Jersey woman because everybody wasn't the and not that there's anything wrong with it. It wasn't the Italian stay at home mom who, who raised their children. There's all different types of women in this world. There's women who have made it on their own, who've gotten divorced, who are just as strong and interesting This episode
1: of Group Text is sponsored by Factor. Show some love to our sponsors and you'll be showing love to Group Text. Factor's mouth-watering meals are a lifesaver for non-cooks like me. Say goodbye to culinary calamities and hello to hassle-free dining with chef-made, dietitian approved dishes. Arriving at your door in a snap. Visit factormeals.com slash grouptext50 and use code GROUPTEXT50 to get 50% off. From sunrise to moonrise, they've got snacks, smoothies, and more to keep your hunger at bay. Because who wants to face the day without breakfast to start your day or a midday munchie? Factor is the ultimate fix if you crave quick, high-end choices made simple. Everything I need in my life Factor is the ultimate fix if you crave quick, high end choices made simple. Everything I need in my life. So do yourself a favor and head to factormeals.com slash group text 50 and use code group text 50 to get 50% off. That's code group text 50 at factormeals.com slash group text 50 to get 50% off. You know, I, I, I think about because when I did uh, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out Here, which was the first season they did it here. And it was very different than how they revamped it. I know that in casting, they assumed I was going to be the princess. I know. And I've, I remember. I've, yeah. And that is not who I am. And that not came right through. And I find out afterwards, which is so funny. I threw everything into chaos behind the scenes because I didn't fit what they thought I was going to do. I and, know. That's yeah. funny. And I always look at Housewives and think, God, the casting is always so good. But I you know what it is. I got to ask you this. Did any of the other Housewives warn you about what you were getting into?
0: They did not because I never I didn't know any of them, really. I knew Siggy a little bit, but she really I think she hated me. So she didn't (laughs) forewarn me. I had no idea. Joe and I had watched New Jersey a little bit when it first came out. I watched a little bit. We were New York lovers. We were very much New York watchers and Miami watchers. And I didn't know any of those ladies. So I had no frame of reference for anybody to tell me anything. Uh, So I it would if they warmed me, I don't know how much I would have done it.
1: You know, nothing like being thrown in with a bunch of strangers on a trip yeah. to Boca immediately.
0: Exactly. I mean, of all the places in Boca with, you know, hysterical, hormonal, perimenopausal women. That had to be that had to be some flight down. Jesus. I yeah. um, lot. I would have been like a lot of Xanax. Um, I know they didn't even want to share makeup artists with me. They wouldn't tell me who to uh, what makeup artists to use. It was it was it was a little crazy. So, does everyone bring their own makeup artist? No, Jersey's not like that. No, Jersey's not like that. We'll we'll get local people. We're not as we're not as uh, fancy as the Beverly Hills. We don't we don't travel with full glam. Um, we're, we're, we're down home girls.
1: Eh, you're still one of the hot housewives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something tells me that you always look in the mirror as one should before they leave the house.
0: Oh, yeah, I definitely look in the mirror as one should before they leave the house. And I've definitely had my face fixed uh, a little bit more than once since I've gotten on the show. I had to, I had to do a little nip and tuck there. What'd you do? I, I've had a facelift. I, of course, have had my teeth done, my veneers you know, you get on the show, you, you know, you think you're moderately attractive when you get on the show. I've had my husband, I've had my life, I've managed to land two husbands. I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay. I might be a little chubby right now when I got on the show, but, you know, not that bad. You see yourself full blown on the TV set, you're like, whoo, I look like <laughs> I've been picking potatoes. And, uh, and then everyone tells you your teeth are too small. I mean, I already lived a life of having braces as a child. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize my teeth are too small for my mouth. And then everyone was like, Marge, you talk, you talk out the side of your mouth. You, the way your mouth moves, your face, you know, it's crooked. And I said, Joe, is my mouth crooked? He goes, oh, yeah, for sure. I said, for sure. <laughs> he goes, I that." And I was like, oh, Jesus. So because I know a lot of the
1: housewives here, uh, I can't remember which one, took so much crap online about her appearance and that she didn't dress as fancy as the other women to the point where two of the other housewives took her under their wing and like completely revamped her.
0: Oh, that, that was very nice of them. That was very nice of them. I feel like I liked my, you know, my kookier style. I do come from more of a fashion type background. I don't dress like the other Jersey girls. That's okay with me. Uh, I definitely... Even my house, people will insult my home. I have a classic Tudor house. I adore it. Jeff Lewis loves it. That's good enough for me.
1: And what was the first thing I said to you when we got in like, oh, my God, are those walls black lacquer?
0: Exactly. You know, exactly. If if you love it, that's good with me. I love your style. So that's great. If people know, they know. If they know, they know.
1: That's always where, where I leave it. Was it strange the first time someone came up to you in public?
0: It was. I was very flattered. I was surprised people recognized me. They recognized me by my voice a lot more sometimes than the way I look because a lot of times, you know, I'll have my hair up. I'll have the pigtails. I'll wear bob. I change my hair a lot with hair pieces. I I look very different without makeup. Uh, so oh, it's my voice. Don't we that, all? I look I in have- a mirror and go, God, time has marched across
1: my face before <laughs> I even realized it.
0: Yes. Uh, so... Uh, it was very surprising and I, and I was very flattered and I enjoy when people come over to me. I'm honored that anybody wants a picture. I enjoy it. Where was the first time you
1: were asked for an autograph or a picture?
0: I was away in Florida actually with all my Tenafly girlfriends and I, I was in Florida and uh, a lovely uh, couple, a gay couple came over to me and the guy's like, Marge, we love you. I was like, Oh my God, you even know who I am? I was, I was just so happy.
1: How does your friends react? Were they just like, is it, again, they your girlfriends from Tenafly.
0: Yeah, they they love it. They champion me. They're adorable. They get a big kick out of it. You know, they take the pictures. They they know me since my son was born, my Tenafly girls. So, so they get a big kick out of it.
1: You've kept your kids very far, very far away from this. You've got a biological son and three stepchildren, but you've kept them away since the beginning. Was that your choice or your kids choices?
0: Uh, it was definitely their choice and my choice. But as soon as they said, this isn't for me, that they're not comfortable. I was like, no problem. And Joe also has two children. So, you know, we have we have a total house, house full of kids, it's a six to uh, count them. And no one wanted to be in the public eye. They all are very into their careers. They keep a low profile. Some of them don't even have social media. So it was a very conscious decision that I, I had to make, and you know, then I get the backlash. Yeah, your kids hate you. This, that, yes, I was honest that I had issues with two of my stepchildren. My my kids don't hate me. It's it's not that I am I am very private when it comes to that part of my life. What's interesting is the other housewives
1: seem to have respected that, and they yeah. always keep your they keep your kids off limits.
0: Yes. Jersey is, we are very good that way. We will go below the belt everywhere, but not when it comes to the children. I mean, sometimes they'll say, you know, you suck as a mother, you know, and that annoys me. But they never talk about my children. And and they have all met them. You know, they've met them numerous times.
1: You know, I know with Cooper, bless his little heart, he's got it double, mom and grandma. Yes. You know, and I know he's just like, oh, and just gets you know, especially more with my mom, just embarrassed, just like I did as a kid. Have you done stuff where your kids are like, "Ah, oh, come
0: on, you know? Yes. Oh, that's so funny that you said I named my son Cooper in my book, even though that's not his real name. I changed the names. Yeah, <laughs> So yours, I know I used your son's name. Um, Yes, my son is forever embarrassed. I'm TMI. My mother is also TMI. So we're a walking embarrassment to him, especially, you know, because People will come over to my mother and myself when we're out with my son now, who happens to be 26, and he's just like, "Mom, I'm I'm gonna pass out." You know, we're just we've always been those that mother daughter duo, even before I was on TV. Oh yeah, you know, I, even, right. It's like just I'm sure the way you know you guys are. But I mean, well, I was
1: cringing well into my, I was cringing till my mother passed. <laughs> I mean, and that's, I think, I mean, that's a separate conversation why it worked so well on the red carpet, because I would just cringe and that allowed her it to be okay, what she would yes. say and do. But poor Cooper, the other day was like, oh, mom, you're so extra. And I'm like,
0: really? I know. Do I'm like think- extra
1: paid for your braces.
0: Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's what I always say. I, he'll say stuff to me. I was like, you didn't get, this is, this is how you got this life. And And never had a a college loan and and have had all these beautiful summers in Europe. So shut it.
1: (laughs) I love that. But you and you brought this up in the beginning. You are the oldest cast member.
0: Yes, on my show. Which is crazy because you you look amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I you know, I'm very. Yes, I've had good work. That's Which I, I'm very grateful for. I am uh, the oldest cast member by three years. I'm 55. Dolores is 52. So, I mean, at least we're all in the same generation. Uh, I can't even believe I'm this age already, but I think I like it. I like a seasoned housewife. I think there's, we have more perspective. Um, we've added some younger cast members, but I feel like they're young women with old souls. So I, it works. But it's ridiculous that We look at 55 as old. I know. I don't even feel, I feel like I'm an older cast member on my show. I don't feel like it's old. I feel extremely youthful. Some of these women are, you know, on my show, they're going to bed. They're, you know, I'm up all night. I could go up. The thing is, because I don't have little kids, I have a more active life. I don't have to be home, <laughs> so that's
1: the good thing. But don't you want to look at some of them and some of the drama they have, even off camera and the kids? That you just want to look at them, like I look at people sometimes. and go, "Just wait till they're teenagers." Oh. You think that you just, just you wait, what's
0: coming? Yes, I say that. I've been there and done that. I say that to some of my other cast members, and they're just, you know, they'll say, "You don't know," you know, "I'm home with my family on this." I'm like, I have done all that. I have done there. I've been that. I've had all that drama. So don't, don't tell me. Yeah. You know, and it, it's pretty, it is funny to me. I had you that the I other, have lived full lives already.
1: I, I had that the other day. I was in a meeting with someone and they're like, they had just had a 10 week old and they're sitting there going, oh, and she already sleeps through the night. And I'm like, no, I go, that's a, that that's going to end any minute. Cause everyone <sighs> always thinks they have that. And oh my God, it you know, at a month they were sleeping through the night. I'm like, no, they're just lulling you into a false sense of security because yeah, no yeah. one's kid sleeps that long. But I thought, Oh, you poor dear. Oh, you're I delusional. I'm
0: delusional. Don't you feel like you're happy at this place in life? It's it's just I enjoyed every part of my life, but I'm very content where I am now. I don't want to go back at any at any stage.
1: I'm still because Cooper is younger than your kids. I'm still in the place where I see like a seven year old boy walking, holding his mom's hand, and I could just drop and weep. How, how old is he? He turned 22
0: in December. Yeah, so he's four years younger, 22. Yes, no, you could listen. I cry. My my son has a serious girlfriend, and they, you know, and and they live together. So that's that's hard sometimes for me. It is true. You could cry, weep, but I feel very content. You know, I, you're always as happy as your unhappiest child. So I- as long as Cooper's happy, that's amazing. Exactly. Do you think you're going to be a good mother-in-law? I think I am going to be a great mother-in-law, but I think sometimes the girlfriends are afraid of me. I, I probably, cause we have, I have a strong personality. I think I'll be a great mother-in-law. I'm very doting. I'm very loving. I will not always take the son's side. I've even way before I was on TV, I think some of my sons, not my youngest son, but other sons, girlfriends um, were kind of afraid of me maybe because I don't know, maybe I'm a little tough. I say, you know, I, maybe I'm unfiltered, but it's gotta be. And I think about this with Cooper,
1: it's gotta be hard to know what you're bringing this girl you like home to. Yes, especially when you've got a big personality, and you know these girls are just quaking. It's, you know, I always think about. It like, I always want to say, Cooper, what do you tell them before they walk in the house? <laughs> like, what? How do you explain what they're walking into?
0: It, it, it's true. It's like how are how are they you know, it's, it's hard enough to meet your boyfriend's parents and then let alone meet your, your boyfriend's mother. And, and she's Melissa Rivers, you know, iconic woman, or just, you know, them or walking their, into, walking into your house, no, you're on TV. Into and we, house and yeah. just, they've seen, they've only seen me what, let alone on TV. And then you know, I'm very a uh, hovering mother. You know, my the boys are. You know, the kids are like the center of my universe. Even Joe's son, I think I scared off one of his girlfriends once. I definitely, I was like, she's not for us.
1: <laughs> that was <laughs> one, one of my lines. I was like,
0: she's, you know, this is before I was ever on. You know, I wasn't on Housewives yet. I was like, she's just, she's not for us. They're just the way I said. It. And he's like, wait a minute. I'm like, we're not feeling it. You know what I mean? He wanted about marry this girl. I was like, take my word. She's got to go. You know, and then when they broke up and, you know, she sent him like a Dear John letter, I, I made sure the engagement ring came back. I sent her a FedEx envelope, insured. And I was like, don't pull any stunts.
1: I love that because I always joke the uh, the grandma's ring is on loan. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it will be on loan, as will the china and the silver.
0: Yeah, you You only right. get
1: it while you have him. <laughs> yeah, they have to know. They have to know their place. And I think once they comply to the fact that they'll still be living with
0: me, it's all good. <laughs> exactly. Just- I know. I would say to Joe, I want the kids to live next door. I want the kids. And he's like, Margaret, you're insane. No, a compound sounds perfect. A family compound. That's what I always wanted, a family
1: compound. I see nothing wrong in that thought process.
0: Seeking the truth never gets old.
1: You love fashion and you have three lines.
0: Were you always into trends? I was always into trends. I always love fashion. My mother always dressed me up. I was always into crazy outfits. Yes, very much so. Who, right? But the world, everybody can't afford everything expensive. So everything I make is really for the masses.
1: Yeah, it's, and it's the price point. It's having, yes. It's it's and my mother had the same thing. And we continue that with her QVC line. Things can be beautiful and accessible.
0: Yes. And I think that's what it was, affordable luxury. I learned that once I once I got into licensing. I was a little bit of a snot prior to that. And then I realized it was very important to make something that everybody could afford. And, and that's done very well for me. So I have a, a beauty line in Walmart beauty accessories called Candy Couture that's done very well for a long time. Fabulous makeup brushes that are great quality, beauty blenders all beauty tools, and I've been doing that for years, and that, that's just done great for me.
1: Um, who are who are your you know New York Fashion Week and everything?
0: Who are your favorite current designers? Oh my God, my favorite favorite current designers. Anything by Gucci, I love, but that's you know that's not attainable for anybody. You no, know, but any- I mean, just if just- you could wave a wand, who wave would be? Your- a wand. I would wear anything Gucci because it, it was it's been you know, it's print driven, but it's, it's classic. I, I just love it. So that's something I would just always wear. If I could only wear one designer, it'd be Gucci. That's what that's, I just love it. And is that for, is that for accessories too? Yeah, I wear Yes. I'm not, you know, so many people are Chanel. I'm just, I, I wear Gucci. That's what, that's what I love. Be it shoes, be it um, my belts, my bags, anything. If I if Joe says what you know, what do you want? I'll say you know, get me something from Gucci. My mother will get me a Gucci gift certificate today. I'm wearing a print. This happens to be Diane von Furstenberg. Uh, I like anything print driven. Somebody who has a point of view, I'll do that. But I mean, I, I go every level though. I'll wear stuff from Zara. Oh yeah, you know I'm a Zara and I I do I really wear everything. I'm a big Zimmerman wearer. I wear a lot of Zimmerman. I'm always buying from them. So I I'll do it. I mix I mix it all up. You have
1: to. Yes, you have to. I mean, I always laugh because when I was in Target picking up all of Cooper's uh, college stuff, Sabrina, my longtime assistant, was with us. She's Cooper's godmother. And both of us managed to walk out with all of Cooper's stuff. He was with us. And we both found T-shirts as well.
0: <laughs> I know. Of course, you, know, you can find something anywhere. It's just, it's the way you mix it together. And I, I feel that way. I, I find something wherever I shop to. Target, they, you could get great t-shirts there, wh-
1: wherever. What? How would you define your personal style?
0: And how do you, you know, prints, are, prints can be tough. I know. I have a big thing. I love to mix the print. Um, I would say I am a rock and roll socialite. Okay. I would call it like a rock and roll socialite. Um, Marilyn Monroe meets Bianca Jagger, something, you know, I really do feel it's like that because it's, it is more, it does have a little vintage classic vibe, but mixed in with a little rock and roll because of course, you know, I do have a few tattoos. There is, I say, I always wanted my um, home to be like, the Chateau Marmont, but like with a little socialite vibe mixed in, you know, someone could have had a drug overdose, but didn't die. Exactly. You know saying? <laughs> but not the ones where people have died. No, 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 no. But someone where the party was just so crazy. And I feel like that's really my, my personal style and, and the, and the way I dress also I'm very seventies. I love the seventies. I grew up in the, you know, as a little girl in the seventies and I, and I have a big affinity for that. I want to
1: talk again about soiree. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. A lot of people drank a whole lot more during the pandemic. Yes. Um and so is that you you launched a mocktail. How did you know other than dry January that this was the right time?
0: Uh it's take I would have liked to launch it in the summer truthfully, but I did a lot of research. Uh after the pandemic Besides the fact that it was just authentic to me, Lexi, who's worked with me for 15 years. I could not have a life or business without Lexi. We spoke about it for a while and we did a lot of research. And the trend is for people are choosing not to drink after the pandemic. I think people wanted to get healthier. They were saying, you know, they didn't feel so great after they drank. And the trend over the next 10 years is the trend of non-alcoholic beverages. And we saw a little niche. I mean, there's other celebrities who are much bigger than myself. Uh, Blake Lively came out with Betty Buzz. That's more of like a mixer. And I said, this is something that's going to really grow because people want to be more health conscious and but they needed elevated beverage to do it and i said and that's so on brand for me so i worked with the flavor house so i wanted elevated flavors and i've been working on this for a little over a year and it took longer i knew nothing about the beverage industry and that and we said you know what if we couldn't come out with it by the end of the summer we are going to hold off till dry january and it was a perfect time to launch it's just going to be going into retailers as well local supermarkets uh some liquor stores And I really think it's going to be great. The most searched term on TikTok, I think it's like, you know, is like sober curious. And uh, yeah, sober curious. I think it was like eight and a half million times a day. Wow. So
1: I I find it fascinating because I know with perfumes, the process, what is the process with with drilling down the flavors? Where does it start? Do you say I want something that tastes like XYZ? And what is, it's fascinating to me. What is the process?
0: You know, it's funny. I didn't want anything that, mimicked an alcoholic beverage because then I was like, you don't want to trick people into thinking it's like a faux alcohol. I didn't want something like that because people who do have a drinking issue don't need to be tricked into saying, I want it to taste like this. I just worked, um, talked to like a few mixologists, what flavors go well together. And I was like, that's really what I did. I worked with the flavor house and I thought of like, what flavors do I like that taste good together? And we we work that way. So I worked the flavor house back and forth. I mean, I knew nothing about this. Lexi and I literally learned on the fly. Listen, cucumber tastes great with mint, right? If you're if and I looked at other beverages that work together um, you know, cocktails that people do. Oh, muddled mint tastes good in a drink. So I was like, and I love the way mint tastes. So I was like, I'll make sure there's a mint component in something and watermelon basil tastes great in my salad. (laughs) And I was like, make sure I do something with watermelon and basil, but what can make it taste more like a drink? So they added chamomile into it. So that that was a great idea. So we did that. So it's really that's how we worked, and we got flavors back and forth, tons of tastings. I did focus groups, and that and that's how I did. And nothing with too many bubbles because I could be gassy. So it's only like <laughs> sparkling.
1: Yeah, you don't want people burping everywhere.
0: No, no, no burping.
1: Do you remember the first time on the first drink where you said, "We got this one."
0: Yes, we were we were sitting in my kitchen, we were on FaceTime with my flavor house, and we had like little shot glasses and I had my team and it's all adorable, fabulous women. And we're and we're sitting there and we were like, oh my God, this is it. And I felt so good and so excited. And uh it took about five months after that to get it like to six months to like, you know, even get it to where it was getting into the cans. And I was like, oh my God, this is taking forever. But yes, uh, but I was very, very excited. And I thought I would have been able to film it on the show, but it took, it's a long process. It's
1: any of that stuff is a very long process. So what's next for The Marge?
0: Just working on soiree, soiree all day, soiree in your way. I think this is really just going to be my passion. I feel great about it. Super excited blowing up this company because I've been in licensing so long, which is still a focus of mine. This is something I put my blood, sweat, tears and money into (laughs) with Lexi. And I haven't owned anything in a while. So this is really what I'm going to be putting my hyper focus and my season. Housewives of New Jersey, you know, are we going to
1: see
0: are we going to see a comeback of the pigtails? Yeah. 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 I have some pigtails. I still wear the pigtails. I take them. very. I, I take my pigtails very serious. Joe loves me in pigtails. He loves me to wear pigtails. I wear them a lot on the weekends. I wear them a lot on the weekends, but you know, I, I always like to do like, I feel like I'm forever in costume, Melissa. So I'm always changing it up.
1: Margaret, you are amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. Everybody look for a Soiree and obviously Real Housewives of New Jersey.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been such an honor and pleasure to, you know, talk to you and see you. i love to see you in person. Thank you for having me.
1: Like I always say, that's a very low bar. No. Ahudat Media
0: Production.